you're standing on the podium, heart beating fast. Your entire family have come to cheer you on because you finally achieved what so many before you have dreamt to do. This is it. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. The culmination of all those sleepless nights, all the hard work, all those hours, no, years of study. You have arrived. To each and every single one of you, the young people gathered here who are graduating, the certificates that you will now no doubt hang on your walls. As a young African, you will often hear the question that you are the future. You've graduated from university. The world is your oyster and the oyster is teeming with possibility. Those sacrifices weren't made in vain. Now that you've got your degree, doors will swing open. It's just a piece of paper, but it's got your name on it. It's a ticket to the life you have been dreaming about. Well, that's what they said, what they promised, what you hoped for. But if you're a regular listener of this podcast, by now you know, Reality in Africa isn't often what was hoped for. In the first episode of this series, we said that young Africans are the future and that by 2030, they would account for almost half of the world's youth. But what happens if there aren't sufficient opportunities for them in their respective economies? The youth currently make up about 37% of the total workforce in Africa. However, these young people account for an estimated 60% of total unemployment. With stats like these, what kind of future can they, we, possibly expect? This is a story about expectations, about rejection. This is a story about perseverance. And it starts with a young graduate from Ghana. I had never thought that I would be unemployed. In fact, I have had such a positive outlook to life <laughs> that I've always thought, like, look, things would go well, like, th things would work out. This is self-proclaimed intellectual hustler Emmanuel Ampuma. He is one of the MasterCard Foundation Scholars Program alumni who has been reporting for this podcast. Emmanuel completed his undergraduate studies at the University of Ghana and went on to study a master's degree in international relations at the University of Cape Town. He's a glass-half-full kind of guy. Always smiling, the kind of guy that seemingly effortlessly can make anyone feel comfortable in his company. And for this episode, Emmanuel talked to young people in Ghana about their transitions from school to work about that moment where dreams are supposed to begin a transition into reality. But finding a job after graduating from university is not always smooth sailing. And that fancy piece of paper with your name on it doesn't shield you from the realities of the world we live in. Not even for someone with as positive an outlook as Emmanuel. I never thought about Unemployment, I saw as figures. 
you know, which which is what the average person does because it's like there are always Africa produces at least ten million graduates every year, and only three million of them have access to jobs because the formal economy is only producing three million jobs. Oh, okay, I'll be part of that three million. Well, I could be part of the seven million, and most of us end up being part of the unfortunate seven million who would end up not finding jobs. But this is not the future we were promised. This is not what we expected. Not me. I thought it was going to be like a smooth sail, you know? Move from one point to the other. You don't think that, okay, I'm in a transition stage. No, we just move. <laughs> it's like people go to school, they finish, they find a job, they get married, they live their lives, and then they meet all the markets <laughs> of adulthood. <laughs> Emmanuel laughs at his former self, at his naivety, and not a mean kind of laugh, but one of compassion for all the young people believing in a dream that is becoming less and less achievable. It's so. like thirty unemployed <laughs> and still waiting, and you don't know when the wait the waiting would end. You know, and I think that's the most painful part of being unemployed and not finding opportunities because you have no idea when it will end. It's the unknown the unexpected that we fear. And how could we possibly know that graduating from the best universities on the continent would lead us here? It's scary. You know, it's interesting because normally you are told when you have a qualification from like a place like UCT, for instance, the Lord, the world should bow to you, like the doors should open. But unfortunately, doors don't open to universities. <laughs> yes, you could study in Cambridge or Harvard and still find no job. I mean, like the situation on the African continent is real. After completing his master's in 2019, the situation for Emmanuel was just as real. So between January 2019 and December 2020, it was like a famine period. <laughs> there was nothing happening. Um, I was home trying to figure out what to do, submitting applications everywhere. And that period in 2020 made me really come to appreciate the frustrations that a lot of young people go through because yeah I was staying in the house every day you wake up hoping you would receive an email with we are pleased to inform you but for some reason it's we regret <laughs> to inform you over and over and over and those we regret emails can be very painful and the reality that many graduates face every day started sinking in Emmanuel got so used to receiving rejections via email that he invented a category for them. The We Regret email. Each one of them closing a door to a potential future. You know, when it starts, it's like, okay, no, it will be better with the nest. And then it doesn't happen. And it will be better with the nest. Until the point where you think you are immune to We Regret to inform you. Only to realize that actually when you thought you had developed a tough skin, you had not. <laughs> Every regret to inform you comes to reinforce all the 20 regrets that you received in the past. And that is something that happens more often than not to many of us. All these rejections don't make the skin tougher. Not right away anyway. The pile of them just grows and the weight on your shoulders only gets heavier and heavier. And... It, 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 it makes you feel almost as though you are not qualified for anything. Yeah, it, and it, 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 it wasn't the most pleasant um, 
time of my life. Rejection is not a pleasant feeling, but it is one that all of us will experience many times in our lives. Maybe it's the boy who never called you back. Maybe it's not getting picked for the football team. Or maybe it's yet another letter regretting to inform you that the job you really wanted isn't yours. For most of us, there's no way of avoiding rejection. But how we deal with it is something we can influence. We can give up or we can keep going. But I was still applying. I'm not sure how many applications I submitted, but so many of it, look. Um, but I still did not give up. So I kept applying. Anything apply, I'm in. Look, reject, at that point I was like, reject me if you want, I will still apply. Um, and finally, I landed a job with the HSRC, which they had rejected me <laughs> before when I applied the first time. They, they, they told me, oh, we regret to inform you. And I was like, no, this job is mine. You cannot regret to inform me. You need to take me in. <laughs> but well, there was an opportunity to apply again. I did apply the second time. And yes, um, I got in. At the beginning of the episode, I told you that this is also a story of perseverance, and at the end of the day, it was Emmanuel's persistence that eventually made all the difference. But the reality is that Emmanuel's story isn't special. He's just one of many hundreds of thousands of young Africans in similar positions. Um, yeah, but I, I, I do think that is a reality of um, the average African um, who wakes up every day trying to make a living and who goes to school with the hope that education will give them the key to unlock their livelihood. But actually, education provides... It's either education doesn't provide a key or there is no door for that key to fit. It, it, it's just as simple as that. I don't know if it actually is as simple as what Emmanuel says. Maybe education can be a key of sorts. Just maybe not the key we expected and maybe not for the door we had imagined. Someone else who has learned that the key doesn't always fit the lock is Phineas Osei. He grew up in Ghana with the bleak view of some of his own family members. I, I, no, no, I don't think, I don't think there was, uh, I had a concept of unemployment. Um, I probably thought um, the uh, older men I saw growing up in my family, um, extended family who were not exactly working in offices or gainfully employed, you know, as, as carpenters or as masons, were just lazy guys who did not have anything to do. I probably thought of that and then grew up and realized, oh God, I need to go <laughs> apologize to them. Growing up, Phineas had big dreams of being a chartered accountant, neurologist, doctor, surgeon, journalist, and even a teacher. And his university career got off to a positive start. I just had a, a, a fair sense of, you know, opportunity ahead of me that, okay, this is the time to just go after a dream in your heart. 
you know there were books to be written there was a lot of growth ahead that you could just sense and so that whole excitement of finishing school as the marker that life can actually start for you in university phineas did what most students do he was discovering himself and what he truly wanted out of life but as the end of his final year approached he had other things to think about in ghana we've got um, something we call the national service which is supposed to be a mandatory year of um being posted to an institution to just work um especially for um government students it's seen as it's just a way to repay the government subsidy of your fees um you know other countries might have military service but we just we have just got a national service here and mainly the what was going to my my mind was immediately you know concept it was about national service national service also provides graduates with much needed practical experience in their chosen field of work the institution that employs graduates for their national service can offer graduates permanent positions at the end of their service This seems both practical and necessary for graduates to get their careers off the ground but it doesn't always work out that way. And so um at the end of the national service uh, I I I actually habit um some ambition of being um confirmed or being asked to stay on permanently as a worker because I I believed sincerely that I'd given off my best um on projects um I'd given off my best with with regards to writing reviews for books I'd given off my best with regards to contributing to reports for projects that the company had gone on fresh from the university not trained in all of these things and yet unfortunately I wasn't confirmed um we were all asked we were all thanked for our service and asked to go home. His future was suddenly uncertain with regards to where to next, but he remained positive. I actually felt good because it was the end of a phase. Um I remember being quite upbeat, being positive, um expecting that, you know, in just a few months I would actually be employed somewhere else, you know. I'm not thinking so far ahead and wondering um what if you know some this doesn't work out you know I was I was just carefree but then reality started sinking in as the we regret to inform you emails began arriving in his inbox and then it was a torture radio silence rejection after rejection um a certain doubtfulness of your potential um from people people thinking that you are just being lazy you're just um resting um and taking advantage of the goodies that life has given you and not being forceful you know um starting a few initiatives you know entrepreneurial initiatives it was the toughest year of my life yeah toughest year of my life right yeah i'm here standing his daily routine became surfing the job boards adapting his cv and applying for jobs day in and day out 
kind of like a job in itself. It was quite difficult because every day you had to um, build up that courage again, that courage to try again, even after rejection after rejection, knowing that um, something out there had to work, you know, uh, something had to give. Um, the law of averages had to work in your favor so that at some point, you know, one application was going to go well and you were going to get something. Um, whenever I received um, a response, it became a milestone. Like Emmanuel realized earlier, each we regret to inform you email added its weight to the pile and it just got harder. There was a point where I was like, what's, what's the point? I'll just give up. And it was at this point where I applied for a role as a customer service representative and did not get the job. And I was so confused, so um, upset. I did not understand why with my qualification I wasn't even considered for the role. I had also applied for a role as a warehouse manager and still not gotten the role. And I thought, these are supposed to be roles that people with um, less qualification than I have would get. So why am I not even receiving, you know, responses from these organizations? If, if there was ever any temptation to just quit and give up, it was at those times. Thankfully, I pushed on. And it's a good thing he did push on. Because eventually, one of those emails that pinged into his inbox didn't start with the lines, we regret to inform you that he was so accustomed to by now. Instead, this one read, we are pleased to inform you that your application was successful. By then, Phineas had been applying for a year. Oh. It actually felt good. Uh, um, I I am not a, the loud type, so I wasn't, you know, up in everyone's face, you know, dancing and all of that. Uh, I just I just remember putting a video of um, Kanye. I mean, now he's Ye, but I remember putting a video of him um, on my status at the time. He wasn't cancelled. Yeah, yeah. Just just put in context, but yeah. Just put, just put a video of him on my status, having received an award and in the award he was talking about how everybody was wondering how um, Kanye was going to act if he didn't win the award. Was he going to wild out and all of that? And then he lifts up the award and he's like, I guess we will never know. And I put that, that video up on my status basically to um, kind of give the impression that um, I myself was wondering what would have happened if I never got a job. How was my life going to turn out because I had attempted a few things on my own and it did not work out. But I guess we'll never know because I finally had congratulations. You know. Finally, despite rejections, uncertainty and hopelessness, Phineas succeeded in landing a job. Graduates like him are willing to sit down put in the hours and apply even when their inboxes are filling up with rejection notifications. That's all young graduates in Africa want, to be given a chance to prove themselves. 
But like many graduates realize, few positions are open to those without work experience. But how does one get work experience if there's no work to get? Exenang Begdema thought she had cracked this nut by making sure that she did both internships and the national service to get ready for the job market. I have the experience. I have I've done two or three internships, and that's what people said. Your CV needs to look good. You need to have gotten a little bit of some working experience. I have that. What else are you looking for that I am missing? My CV is the same. It even looks way better than these people they are calling for aptitude tests. Exenam had gone above and beyond her competition by getting actual work experience, and yet she still remained just another number in the job application line. I start to send application on LinkedIn. Um, anyone who sends me any link of any job, I just apply to it immediately. Plans of printing my CVs. I did education, so in as much as I don't want to teach, I don't want to stay in the house. So I carry my CVs to schools. They are not yet ready to taking people yet because the term just started. The year just started. They don't have space for people. I don't know what to do. I'm just sending CVs here and there. Got a couple of interviews. The funny bit, where people tell you that do internship to build experience. And finally, the time had come for her to boast about her internship at a job interview that required experience. This was her time to shine. I'm like, okay. Let's go for it. We go for the interview and they tell me, oh, fine, you have internships here. You have two or two internships, a full year of national service, but you don't have experience in account receivables, accounts payables. I'm like, are you kidding me? They told me to go for internships to help build my working experience. People will know that I... I I, I made an effort to work in a corporate environment and I'm ready to learn. They can see that on my CV. The National Service and her internships should have been enough experience for her as a graduate, but it was not. The fact of the matter is that even though young graduates are willing to learn and grow, there just aren't sufficient opportunities out there. And what more can they do? Where do you expect me to get experience from for account receivable, accounts payable, when I just came out of school, where? Nobody was prepared to take that gamble on you. There was an interview I went for where the guy was like, you are too good, why would you even come for this role? I'm like, are you kidding me? I need a job. I need a job. I didn't get that one because I'm sure he knew. He, he didn't think I would stay there for long. First, XNM doesn't have enough experience and then she's overqualified for the job she's interviewing for? Eventually, Exenum did get a job. And it's a graduate program. She's learning all the relevant skills and gaining experience at the same time. But the process preceding her finally landing a job certainly took its toll on her. I think it did affect my self-esteem at a point in time. I, I don't think anybody deserves to go through that. I don't think... No, and mine was less than... I don't think I stayed in the house for more than a year. So the frustration of someone who stayed in the house for more than a year, I, I don't think anybody needs to go through that. It's hell. No. 
after many months and years of applying for jobs to finally receiving their we are pleased to inform you emails, these graduates had to face seemingly endless rejections. A reality very few of them would have even considered when they were on the podium receiving their degrees in front of proud moms and dads. But they all learned one we regret to inform you email at a time. And maybe dealing with rejection should be a subject in universities in Africa. After all, like Emmanuel says, with 10 million young Africans graduating every year and only 3 million jobs up for grabs, rejection is inescapable. If there's a silver lining to the story, perhaps it is that while the future is uncertain and rejection inevitable, young African graduates are learning the hard way to respond to this reality. And maybe the young people that are going to shape our future will be better prepared for the hustle that lies ahead. My name is Sylvia A, and you are listening to Hustling the African Dream. This podcast was produced by Telltale Media and the Human Sciences Research Council in partnership with the MasterCard Foundation. For more awesome content like this, please hit the subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcasts and you'll be notified whenever new episodes are released. Lastly, if you're enjoying this series, leave us a rating or review. We'd love to hear from you. Next time on Hustling the African Dream... Like, you know, you can have a degree and be poor. Like, yeah, you'll be suffering. I have a friend who has a PhD in artificial intelligence and he's suffering more than me. The wine, the wine business wasn't bad, it has good cash, but the problem with that was uh, uh, the police would always be on your neck. Like they want some money every day, like they want money from you. This episode contains a clip from Vusi Timbukwayo's keynote address at the 2022 African Leadership University Graduate Ceremony. You can find a link to the full speech in the show notes.